0: Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Daydon Tolbert. This is Ask Daydon Advice Lunch Hour. Um, I have a lot to talk about today. Um, I'm here uh, a week after my post-Valentine's Day uh, special, which was kind of like what ended up being a Black Panther uh, preview. Uh, Many of you tuned in. I I hadn't seen the film uh, prior to uh, last Thursday's show, but I got a chance to see it this weekend and um, it was amazing. It was a good movie, and I wanted today, I'm going to spend a good amount of time talking about it. I want to give a full analyzation of the film. I want to talk about exactly the uh, effect that it's had on, on on the culture, on our people, uh, on the community. I want to talk about uh, just, you know, the characters. I want to talk about some of the storylines, and you know, just give my opinion, some things I loved about it, some things I did not like about it. Um, I want to talk about the reaction of, of of on social media, a lot of different things being seen these days on social media in regards to uh, Black Panther. So you uh, know, I and I'll just put this out there, kind of goes without saying, but uh, there will be some spoilers, or like you know, this is a spoiler alert. Like I'm going to talk about the movie, I'm going to talk about uh, the film. So if you have not seen the film, you probably want to catch this show on the archives. You know what I mean? You want to download it after on iTunes or at uh, com. So,
1: you
0: know, so there's that. In addition to that, I also want to talk about some current events. I want to talk about, um, you know, the All-Star Game. I want to talk There's a lot of things going on in the news, the whole LeBron James and um, Laura Ingram, her comments. They're kind of, you know, that whole back and forth I want to get into a little bit and, and offer my thoughts on that. Um, you know, there's the, uh, you know, Drake is giving away a million dollars to people down in Miami. What else is going on? There's a, there's a lot. Uh, Corinne Gaines, the uh, woman who was shot and killed by police, uh, her estate was warded, awarded uh, $32 million. I'm going to, you know, kind of offer my thoughts on that. Uh, Billy Graham is, you know what I mean, it's a lot. Of black China, you know what I mean? So I want to I talk about a lot of different things politically, socially, uh, and uh and uh, like I said, the Black Panther uh movie. Uh but today's show guys is brought to you by my new book, Redefining Greatness, The Virtuous Woman's God to Love. Look out for it a little bit later on this year, as well as my other book, The Love We Head, which you guys can order now at uh on Amazon and uh Kindle. Alright. So I, I wanna I wanna start off the show like this I I wanna talk about some things that you know, I'm t- today I'm going to spend time discussing our community, a lot of time discussing us as a people. And, you know, from a biblical standpoint, in Galatians 6.9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And because of that, you know, and that's one of my favorite verses. And, you know, one of the things I have an issue, you guys hear me talk about the media a lot. Um, whether it's po- politically, entertainment-wise, just there's a lot of media manipulation, and you know there's things that I found out that's going on in the world as far as people doing good that I never even knew about. That the media doesn't even tell you about. You know what I mean? Like for example, I, I'm looking. Uh, you know, I, I just read somewhere that, uh, and I'm not a fan of her. Um, I think I don't believe she should be in the, this position. But Betsy DeVos actually gave her entire salary to uh, to charity. Uh, specifically charities for special needs uh, children. And, you know, like said, they, you don't see that on CNN, M- MSNBC, all that good stuff. And like I said, that, that's commendable. I found out Donald Trump, he donated his presidential salary to uh, to charities. And, you know, like I said earlier, you see people like Drake. Uh, he gave, uh, you know, a million dollars. Uh, I found out Little John, you know, built a, a school over in, in Ghana. You've got Acon who is providing electricity. In, in in Africa for, for thousands, and maybe millions of people over there. I uh, found out recently French Montana, who was in the entertainment industry, um, he built a hospital for people over in Africa after visiting and seeing the deplorable uh, circumstances that, that, you know, they are facing there. And so, you know, while I am not necessarily a fan of any of these people, I, I, I tried to, I'm pretty sure if I hadn't heard about it, a lot of you may not have heard about it either, And so I just want to say, like, it's important to do good, Um, and a lot of times you don't see that good being reported the same way if somebody shot someone or if someone committed a crime or had a a scandal or this whole Me Too movement that's on the front page of everybody's news. So it's like, but when you actually do good, you're donating salaries, you're you're building hospitals, that stuff is not, you know, T.I. recently, he does this every last couple years, he goes into the stores and just buys, you know, all the, the single moms, you know, pays for the whatever they want. You know that that should be on the front page of, of of CNN or you know, what I mean, the rest of these these news stories. So, just wanted to throw it out there. Shout out to those guys for doing uh, some good um, in a in a world of that's often you know, unfortunately bad. Uh, what other some other uh, another piece of interesting uh, entertainment news before I jump into my thoughts on Black Panther, you know, here's the thing. This is an interesting thing that I I have an issue with. You know, we look at our community, and whether it's Avon, Dove, uh, I mean, there's so many different things uh, that people want to boycott. You know, we want to boycott the NFL um, and, and, you know, a number of different things. But and specifically the NFL, you know, because of this whole racial inequality, brutality, things like that. But we literally had the All-Star Game. I talked about this on social media. We had the All-Star Game this past week, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but at the halftime show, it was basically Migos, who, as well as Pharrell and you know some other people, but the Migos were on there rapping about cooking Coke. You guys ever heard that song Stir Fry that they got? Now, I don't know, like I said, I don't know why well, I know most people don't nowadays listen to the lyrics. Um, and shout-out to everybody listening on Facebook Live. Shout-out to you guys. Shout-out to people over in the Friends of the day on Top Show group listening. But the reality is, is that, and it's not just them. I mean, it's Migos, it's Jay-Z, it's Lil Wayne, it's T.I., it's Rick Ross, it's Young Thug, it's young 21 Savage. Literally, if you are black, if you are a black male and you have a hip-hop song out a rap song, I want to say 95 percent of the time, maybe higher, that song is going to be glorifying drugs, sex, violence, you know and, it, and it's ridiculous. And, and so it's like we will see this, but we as a community will ignore it. We as a community will boycott things where we feel as though we are being victimized but not things that we feel are, that we collectively are doing to destroy our own community. If the white man wants to destroy us, then we want to boycott. If they want to, you know, treat us in a a manner that's classified as unfair, okay, fine. But if we, you know what I mean, are poisoning young girls, rapping about sex and encouraging promiscuity, uh, or, you know, rapping and glorifying guns and gangs and drugs, and we are doing that. We are putting that stuff out. When is the last time you heard someone say, let's boycott the major radio station in your city? The last time you heard somebody actually say, let's boycott Beyonce, let's boycott Nicki Minaj, let's boycott 21 Savage, Little Uzi. You know, let's boycott these people because they are putting out messages that these young kids are are following. And let's not support that. When's the last time you really heard Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson say, let's boycott Migos? They rapped in front of millions and millions of people about literally cooking crack, you know, in the kitchen, whipping it up like it's stir fry, and nobody said anything about boycotting that. In fact, it was okay. It's okay to rap about cooking drugs. National TV. I mean, not just us, but no, even the white folk, they didn't even have a problem with it. But that's not surprising. So I just thought, you know, I just want to put that out there. I just want to, you know, a lot of people might not have been thinking about that. But I heard it immediately, and I'm like, whoa, what the heck kind of message did this send? Speaking of messages, so I was watching, I don't know what show it was or what, what was the the venue, but LeBlanc James and and, and Kevin Durant were in the the car, you know, probably going on a date with each other, something crazy. But they were doing an interview, and they were talking about a, a number of different things. But one of the things that they were talking about is Donald Trump. And, you know, they put them in these situations. And, you know, because of their celebrity, you know, they're obviously anything that they say is going to be scrutinized and you know, replayed over and over and over and over again and seen and heard by millions of people. And one of the things I found to be interesting was that, and I'm not, I, I'm not like I said, I'm not, I, you guys know me, I don't do the whole politics thing. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm not an Obama supporter. I'm not a Trump supporter. I don't get into that because it's all fake. But my thing is right is right and wrong is wrong. What am I talking about? So if you watch the video. They ask him. So, like, basically, what do you think about Trump? What do you think about the country, the 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 direction the country is going? And I'm paraphrasing, but LeBron goes on and on, you know, using profanity and you know, basically insulting Trump, saying this and that, you know. And my thing is, okay, that's fine, that's how you feel. I want to talk about Laura Ingram, but my thing is, if you if that's how you feel, like for example, you might be like. You know, I don't like that guy, De on Tolbert. I don't like him. I don't like his show. I'm not going to listen to his show. He's a piece of crap. Okay, I mean, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. But if you say that and I hear it and I just happen to respond to that, am I wrong? For, you know what I mean? Like, if you insult me, and that's often what have how social media works, but if you say something some, and you guys have, like, a back and forth, it kind of is what it is. So what am I talking about? Everyone right now is talking about this whole Laura Ingalls. What she said her response to LeBron James, like, and it's not even that. Watch this. They're saying it's an attack. Now, did I agree with a lot of things that she said? No, do I believe that you should tell an athlete, like, athletes are not able to have an opinion. Athletes are not able to express themselves on issues other than sports like politics, like race relations, things like that. No, they're absolutely allowed to do that. LeBron has every right, even though he chose not to speak about Trayvon, excuse me, Tamir Rice because he wasn't as informed on the uh, subject as he thought as though he should have been, so he chose to remain silent on that, but he has everything to say about Donald Trump. That's perfectly fine. That is his prerogative. I have no problem with that. But my thing about it is if you decide to go on a national platform seen by millions of people and you want to insult, you should be expecting the racist, the people who don't like you, the people who support him, and everybody in between to also have an opinion. You see what I'm saying? Like you can't just say whatever you want to say and expect there not to be some type of backlash or some type of pushback. I don't necessarily believe anything she said was racist. Um, Like everybody wants to jump on this whole race thing. Telling someone to shut up and dribble is not a racist statement. Okay, that was a disrespectful statement, absolutely. But she's obviously someone who supports Donald Trump and felt as though, and, and took exception to what LeBron and KD were saying about Trump, and she chose to respond. That's not a race. You know what I mean? It's not race. If you talk about a friend of mine, I'm going to respond, and I'm going to speak out. That's just me personally. I'm pretty sure a lot of you would do the same thing. He insulted the crap out of Trump. He was, this people, and this is, like I said, this isn't about Trump. This is, like I said, this is right is right, wrong is wrong. And it's like if you insult someone, I don't care who it is, whether it's Trump, whether it's his, his minions, whoever, his people, they have every right to respond, and you should expect them to respond. That doesn't make it a race thing, it's just whatever. How, how is it okay? To blatantly insult someone, whether you like them, don't like them, whatever the case is, how can you insult someone every day, all day? But the moment when somebody responds, they are wrong, they are racist, they are everything, this, this, that, and the third. I mean, to me, I'm just asking these questions because it doesn't make sense to me. I didn't like. I don't care what LeBron has to say. To be quite honest, I would. I personally would prefer him to shut up and dribble. You know what I mean? That's not a race thing. I just don't, I don't care what LeBron has to say. You know, what I, mean? I do not care. I do not want to hear him speak. He irks my soul when he speaks, especially irking my soul when he speaks about non-basketball. I don't like him talking about his team, let alone Donald Trump. I don't need to hear LeBron's thoughts on Donald Trump. That's me speaking. Am I a racist? I just don't care what LeBron has to say. Period. He's an idiot. Does he do some great charitable things? Absolutely, whatever. But I honestly don't care what he has to say. And now here's the real issue that I have with with LeBron. We have people, well, with this situation, we have people jumping out the woodworks talking about some. Oh, she's racist. Who is she to say this? Who is? She? Well, who is LeBron to be talking? I mean, using the Lord's name in vain. He, he can't. You can't have. My issue is this. Well, how you can't. Have a conversation. You can't speak about race relations, and I just talked about this last week on the show. You can't speak without saying, "Oh goddamn, I'm gonna, I'll just paint over the goddamn thing." Like, yo, shut up. That's disrespectful. We have people out here claiming to love the Lord, and I'm not. The, like I said, I curse. I, I have issues within myself, but I really, you won't hear me say that. You will not hear me disrespect God trying to make a point. So for me that was what stood out. It's like you claim to be a Christian, you can, which is, you know, you know, I would, we don't even need to talk about that. It, you know, his spiritually. that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? That was what stood out to me. That's what bothered me about the whole situation. What else is going on? I rest in peace to Billy Graham. Um, you know, who, you know, I didn't really follow his career. I was very much aware of who he is and what he what he has done. But you know, I didn't wasn't like you know, I mean, tuning in to hear his sermons um, at all. But you know, rest in peace to him. You know, I'm I'm all for you know anyone who is passionate about preaching the word of God um, and and is able to have a positive effect, you know, on the masses. Um, You know, in today's society, we look around and we see so many people with influence, so many people with celebrity status, and they're not using that influence and power to positively influence people, but instead, you know, throwing up all types of, you know, demonic symbolism, you know, putting out negative messages and just, you know, and negatively influencing children and things like that. So, you know, anybody who has, who has, the ear of the people, so to speak, I'm all for, especially if they're preaching the word, you know what I mean? So definitely rest in peace to, you know, uh, superstar Billy Graham. Uh, I mentioned uh, Kareem. Like I said, if you guys are just joining, um, I'm gonna, I want to talk a little bit about today the uh, the Black Panther, giving really just my, uh, you know, like I said, full in-depth analyzation of the film. So I'll do that in a few minutes. I am going to talk about Black China. I want to talk about Corinne Gaines. Um, Corinne, Gaines, you know, a lot of people may not be familiar with her, and I just want to touch on her briefly. Um, you know, she—I I first found out about her when I saw not the the video or the incident where she actually lost her life, but the issue where the situation where she was pulled over in a in a vehicle with her kids in the back seat. And she didn't have her license. And she didn't have a registration. And the cop was just like, "Look, like you don't have your information. Like I, I need you to get out the car. I need to, uh, you know, I need to tow this vehicle. It's not, you know, you don't have the paperwork." And she was just basically going on and on, saying, "I'm not getting out, you know." And, and the cop was like, "Look, just." And he was very. I I actually admire the cops' restraint in that video, and you can see it. Uh, you can see it online. Um, you know, on YouTube or whatever. But he 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 displayed a high level of restraint in the situation. And she was even like, look, kids, you know, no matter what happens, you fight. Like, telling her kids to fight the police. She's like, I'm going to die. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to uh, deal with this. Uh, I'm never going to surrender. I'm never going to, like, it was like, whoa. You're, you you have she's like, I will die before I before I get out of this car and this allow you to take my car and, and the cop was like, Look, can you just get out the car? It's not that big of a deal, it's just if you have the paperwork, just bring it down to the station, we can whatever, get it situated. And she was really ready to put herself and her children in a in in a uh, a dangerous and potentially deadly situation. And so that and that was like I said, that was before any of the other stuff happened. But at that moment, I was like, wow, you know what? You, you know, really have, um, you know, some serious issues. And then, you know, the the situation came about where she lost her life. They were at the door. They came in to serve some type of arrest warrant. And I think she answered the door with a shotgun in one hand, her kid in the other hand. And, like, just, just crazy. And so, you know, he shot her. But, it, for, for and so evidently they filed a lawsuit you know uh the family filed a lawsuit or whatever and from what I understand they uh, awarded her a thirty two million The estate thirty two million dollars and then I understand it in the today's society where we live in but that is not you cannot answer the door with a shock and i hope I hope everybody listens to this show well martin luther every year guys i do a a, a my annual uh, MLK Day, State of the Black Community Address to the People. And this year I switched it up a little bit. And a lot of you tuned in, a lot of you didn't, but a lot of you listened where I talked about for about an hour and a half about specifically how to avoid and ultimately survive encounters with the police. Literally a step by step guide for you to pass on to your kids. And for you, you yourselves to understand what not to do, what you should do, when, when pulled over, when encountering police. And so, you know, really listen to that. Go back to the archives. Check out that show if you missed it. Because a lot of, not just people, but a lot of kids need to hear that. Because there's so much stuff going on in these traps that should never happen. There's some cops coming to your house. You don't open the door with a shotgun. If you get pulled over, you don't make sudden movements. If the cop says, give me your license and registration, guess what you don't do? You don't turn around and reach for anything. I don't care what, where it is. I don't care if it's in your back pocket. I don't care if it's in the back seat. You don't move. I don't move. Like, what, do what do you mean? I don't move. If a cop wants my license, I will get out the car. You know what I'm saying? Like my my license is in my wallet. It's in my back pocket. I would prefer for you to get it rather than me get it, you know what I mean? It it may seem crazy, but that's how you have to treat these situations, especially if you are an African American and even more specifically, an African American male. So that's just how I feel about that, but rest in peace to her. Um and we'll see. I I would be surprised if that verdict stands up, it's probably being appealed as we speak. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, lastly, in entertainment news, um, <laughs> Black China. Now, somebody might say, you know, why, why are you even talking about Black China? That's a good question. I honestly don't care about Black China, other than the fact that I find the situation to be funny. <laughs>
1: you
0: know, if mean? you, know, I, I mean, you guys don't know, she evidently that evidently she has a sex tape out there, which is, uh, you know, it's it's very funny. I did check it out, um, just kind of see what was going on with it and and it's funny. What what is even more funny is how everyone is so hyped up about this sex tape, if you even want to call it that. Um, it's like, first of all, black China is a stripper. A lot of people don't like a lot of times when you reach celebrity status, when you reach a certain level, even when these women are, you know, at one point were strippers and that was their claim to fame, a lot of times they reach a, a higher level so it's like you don't you no longer see them as that, but at the end of the day, guys, Black China is a stripper, and so, and and I've seen her. She danced here in Philly I, back in the day, um, just like I've seen a lot of these chicks back in the day um, that are now non-strippers and doing whatever in the entertainment industry. It's nothing special if a if a if nude photos of a stripper get leaked, and this, I, I feel kind of stupid even saying this stuff, because it should be common sense, but it's not a big deal if a stripper's photos turn up on the internet it's really not a big deal if a stripper has a sex tape out there, newsflash guys, most strippers are prostitutes and I talk about this a lot, but that's the reality of the situation, I was just talking to a friend of mine recently, all these strippers out here guys have a price if you're a low-level stripper, you're probably, you know, charging a couple hundred bucks for sex. If you're one of these celebrity chicks having sex with Yo Gotti and Jay-Z and, and Carmelo Anthony and everybody else, then your price is probably in the thousands. But at the end of the day, if you think, that you know, stripping or exotic dancing is just women dancing down a pole, you know, doing a few tricks and then getting the money and going home, you're extremely naive. That's never been the case, and it darn sure isn't the case in 2018. You know what I mean? So, no, black China having a sex tape, black China having new photos leaking to me is not news. It's not important. But for me, it's the reaction, people's reaction, which is the only reason I'm talking about it. Like, who cares? There's plenty of women out there, regular women, that got sex tapes on, on the Android cloud and the iCloud and... And, and, you know what I mean, say from back in 1997, you know, the dude smashing you off back in the day, face buried in the pillow, and you didn't even know he was recording. You know what I mean? Y'all got sex tapes from back in the day, too, just waiting to be leaked. You know, some a lot of y'all, some of y'all, new photos, you say, texted, talking about some for your eyes only. Guess what? It wasn't for his eyes only. It was for his homie and then his homie and then his barber and then the barber and then his, your your son's football coach doesn't see you And it's, you know, so, you know, guys, chill with the, you know, the, the news photos, the cell phone porn, all that stuff. Leave that alone. So that's that's the entertainment news. And like I said, I, I want to just get into Black Panther a little bit. Um, as I told you Last Thursday, I was very excited to see it. I saw it on, on Saturday, that following Saturday, last Saturday. Um, I, I encouraged everyone to go see it. Um, I had a feeling it was going to be very good, very well done. Um, and, and it lived up, I'll say this, it lived up to my expectation. It was not um, bad at all. It was, it was a good movie. It was very well done. Um, it wasn't, a, to, I'll be honest, it, it, it's not a great movie um, to me, to me. Like I said, but then again, like I, I am a movie buff. Like I watch movies. Like that's one of the major things that I do. I, most movies you can think of, I've seen uh, my favorite shows are like in history, historically are the best shows in history. Um, I don't just watch TV just to watch it. If you see me watching a movie, or you see me watching a show, or something that I'm binge watching, or have binge watched. It's literally probably classified as one of the top ten shows in history. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> so Black Panther was a is a very important movie. Let's let's just talk about what it's done. I'll talk about what I thought about it in a little bit, but what it's done thus far, Black Panther. To my records, according to what's been put out there, made, first of all, it broke all types of records in pre-sales. Um, it, it has grow it grows $218 million opening weekend, uh, and it grossed $400 million worldwide in its opening weekend, uh, opening weekend and it uh, was produced on a budget of about $200 million. So obviously that is a very already very successful uh it's already a very successful movie financially and it's not it's just the first week so it's going to be going to become one of the highest grossing movies of all time in fact it is uh it was named the fifth largest opening uh weekend of all time and it was is is currently It has the second highest uh, opening of any Marvel movie in history, second to the Avengers. And, you know, so that's commendable. Uh, Ryan uh, Coogler, I believe his name is, he uh, is, what, 31 years old? I mean, that's an amazing accomplishment, amazing uh, directorial, um, you know, production from him. Classic, I mean, the costumes, the just everything about it visually was just beautiful. The scenery, uh, I understand that part of it was filmed down in Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta. So, uh, you know, shout out to him just keeping everything black. I know a lot of the producers were black. The director was black. The actors were black. A lot of people in this film are black and associated with this film are black. But please be clear. <laughs> Guys, as I said last week, this is not a quote unquote black movie. This was as white as any movie as they as has been put out. You know, Marvel is Marvel. You know, I mean, black folk will never be in control of Marvel. It you know, and, and like I said, but that's that's okay. You know, I'm not here to say I'm not here to rain on people's parade. And say, oh well, only watch black movies. Only like, nah. I mean a white movie is a white movie. But just know what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's cool to be white. You know what I mean? We watch white shows. We do all types of stuff for the white man, you know, daily. We want to boycott the NFL, but we'll go in and buy and support every sponsor of the NFL, which is a whole other, you know, conversation altogether. But like I said, it it, it was done really well. Um, it was named the best movie of all time by Rotten Tomatoes. If you guys know about Rotten Tomatoes, it, you know, is one of the major – uh, you know, systems for gauging popularity of a particular movie, the quality of a movie. And so it received just about, I believe, a perfect score, like a 97% score on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which was great. Um, so, I mean, so I mean, it's, it's, I think it's done everything that people wanted it to do, people expected it to do, and it's even exceeded expectations. Um, I put up a post. I guess people thought I was serious. Listen, I don't care. I don't get caught up in the whole, this is the first black superhero movie. I, all I said on Facebook, I said, well, if, if this is, if Chadwick Boseman is the first black superhero, if Black Panther is the first black superhero, well, who? What's Wesley Snipes? Like, what What was Blade? <laughs> Y'all I mean, I know seriously, though, what was Blade? If, if this is the first black major superhero, you know, black super is Blade. You know, people don't know about Blade. Blade was, what, a decade, couple of decades prior to this. If anything, he was the first major black superhero on the big screen in a, in a box office success. Um, and then, you know, on a larger, a smaller scale, you had Meteor Man. What happened? You know, Meteor Man, Robert Townsend, shout out to him. You know, a lot of people don't know what that is, but just Google. These are all black, uh, you know, black films. And, but, I mean, aside from that, a little bit later, and I want to talk about the actual plot. I want to go through and talk about, you know, just my thoughts on it. But just can we just acknowledge for a second that we do have black superheroes? Like, and I'm not, I'm not talking about people that run around in a mask, you know, a Black Panther mask. I'm talking about real-life heroes. You know, which I'll talk about a little bit. And I just I want to put that out there so that can be fresh in people's minds when I really talk about it. And that's not to take it away from the Black Panther. But we don't have to feel like they're making us feel, wow, we finally got one. We have someone that we can really embrace as our own. We don't have to do that for fictional make-believe towns like Wakanda, when there are places like Kenya, Uganda, Nigeria, South Africa. The heck is Wakanda? I mean, look, more people out here talking about Wakanda than they are Kenya or any of these real, actual, real countries where we have real kings and queens historically. What the heck is Wakanda? That is, listen. That is a fake place. Did you guys know that there is no one named T'Challa in black history? Y'all know that. I mean, y'all do know that, right? But, however, there are people called Nat Turner, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Frederick Douglass, Marcus Garvey. Those are real people. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King, when Selma came out, when Malcolm X came out, I did not see anyone recording videos of them prancing into the movie theater. All hype. Facebook wasn't pop, man. There was no Facebook, but you'll get my point. Everyone was not as hype about uh, Red Tails, about Birth of a Nation, as they are about T'Challa. Who the heck is – I'm just asking these questions. Like I said, I like the film, but I would just pose the question of literally, I mean, really and truly, where was all of this excitement? I hate to be cliche and I hate to be, you know, beating a dead horse. I know some other people have said that, but, but really, it's a real question. Where was it? What reason was there not to have this level of excitement about Nat Turner? Literally, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, okay? Birth of a Nation was an amazing film. And I'm not just saying that, you know, because I'm talking about today, but literally, that was an amazing film. That's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It is a sin and a disgrace that that film got zero uh, Oscar attention, and it's a sin and a disgrace how the black community failed and chose not to latch on to that film, even remotely how they latched on to uh, Black Panther. It is a disgrace. It's disgusting because that was an absolutely amazing film. And I'm just using that film as an example, um, but there are others. Again, that's not to take anything away. Black Panther deserves everything that it's getting. I'm not here to hate on the movie at all. I love Black Panther. But there is no reason in the world, and I'm saying Black Panther, Red Tails, because they're more fresh, but we as a community should latch on to all of those movies. Anytime somebody, the white man, a black man, whoever, anytime, we, I mean, these are monumental figures. These aren't like, this is, this is not like, you know, you got to make a movie about my life. I'm nobody. You know what I mean? I'm talking about Thurgood Marshall. I'm talking about Nat Turner. I'm talking about Martin Luther King. I'm talking about the Tuskegee Airmen. These are people that deserve, that fought for the liberties that we enjoy today. You know what I'm saying? There is, I mean, what did T'Challa fight for for you? What can you now do today that you couldn't do yesterday? Because of T'Challa. Not a damn thing. Third good Marshall, natural, like, you know what I'm saying? Real, I'm talking real heroes. See, and, and let me just explain real quick. The problem with it is that, and I talk about this all the time with the media, the media is fueling this hype surrounding Black Panther. If the media says we need to boycott, then we want to boycott. If the media says we should support Black Panther, we jump on board. Or watch this. If the media says we shouldn't support Birth of a Nation because of some made-up rape allegations from some chick from 20, 30 years ago, then we don't. It's all BS. It's all media manipulation. The media says, oh, we should, you know, ban AR-15s. Everybody wants to jump on board. Let's ban AR-15s. Next thing you know, somebody shoots up a school with, you know, whatever, a a semi-automatic shotgun that holds 30 rounds. That holds like, oh, let's ban the – come on. Somebody just went on a knife-wielding attack in China, killed, like, what, 20 people, 29 people? So let's ban knives. We got to stop the foolishness. Stop. Following, if you feel passionately about something, then let's feel passionate about it. Don't wait for the media to tell you it's okay to jump on board with something or it's not okay. It's, I, I mean, I knew Black Panther was going to be a success because that's what's happening right now. Black folk is what's popular right now. Our culture is what's, quote, unquote, popular in the media. But what y'all got to realize is that we go through cycles where white folk aren't necessarily feeling black folk all the time, where it's not sexy to be black. Right now, well, it's very cool. It's very popular to be black and to embrace your heritage, but that wasn't always the case. And what I'm saying is it's always a good idea to be black. It's always a great thing to embrace our heritage and our, our history. I've been celebrating Kwanzaa for 40 years with my family, every single year for 40 years, my whole life. It's always been great. We've always been great. But the media is just now telling us it's okay to embrace our greatness. If somebody wants to deny, then just answer the question, where was all this popularity a few years ago? We, this is not the first, the first movie that has encouraged us to embrace our heritage. They made a movie starring Terrence, what was it, Terrence Howard was Nelson Mandela. Uh, Idris Elba was Nelson Mandela. In two different movies, uh, uh, Jennifer Hudson was Winnie Mandela. Right? Where, where was all of the excitement about those movies? And again, for the fifth or sixth time, this is not to take away in any way From Black Panther, but this is me calling out the Black community, like more people need to do, and say, "Hey, why are we just now jumping on board with movies that embrace our our uh, our history?" So let's talk a little bit about the actual film. What's going on? I see y'all on uh, Book Live. Shout out to everybody listening online, iTunes. Philadelphia, different parts of the country, different parts of the world. So, one of the things I, I really liked, I'll start here. Uh, Letitia Wright, I hope I'm saying it right. Letitia, um, she plays Shuri, um, who was the brother of, uh, excuse me, the sister of T'Challa in the film. And she was a, 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 she's a Christian. I didn't, I didn't know. Watch this another thing I didn't even know. It's funny, you see, like, Chadwick Boseman on The Breakfast Club and on Jimmy Kimmel and The Tonight Show and all these other, you know, uh, you know venues. But, you know, and I've seen all, all types of people in the cast, but I did not see, I saw an interview with her, Letitia Wright, on another network, a not-so-known network, that somebody just happened to, to share on social media. And it was talking about how she was a Christian. You know what I mean? You know, like they, don't, they don't talk about that type of stuff on Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, okay? And when they were interviewed, and I posted it on my page. You guys can check it out if you missed it. But they, she was talking about how she had to take a step back from acting. She had to take a step back, or she chose to take a step back because, and this is deep. I really listen to this. Because she found herself it's really deep she found herself um idolizing it, she said she said she had to take a step back because she was putting her her career aspirations ahead of her spirituality and her relationship with God, and she was saying, you know obviously the Bible says that we should not idolize anything, we shouldn't put anything before God, and she was saying like she she hungered and she had almost developed an obsession for for fame and for to be successful in Hollywood. She recognized that and she had to she took a step back. And you know, unfortunately she was able to, you know, come back to it and, and find some success with this role and, and others. And I, I wanna just say not to get too deep on y'all, but that's what I do here is get deep. I have to understand it, and hopefully people understand by now that in order to be successful, commercially successful, financially successful in Hollywood, there is a process of selling your soul for fame and fortune. You, like everyone should know that by now, certainly, just from seeing the you know the, the blatant and you know the evil that exists in Hollywood, and what you if you look at people like you know I'm still you know Tyler Perry, Oprah Winfrey. You know, I mean, I could go on and on. The, the The reality is, if you notice, and really think about this, if you guys listen to some of these stories, have you ever noticed, even these white celebrities, they'd be like, yeah, you know, I moved out the high, I just hopped in a car, I'm from Kansas, and I didn't have any money, I didn't have a place to stay, but I just hopped in a car and drove to Hollywood, and I waited tables, and, you know, or somebody else, you know, I was homeless, sleeping in a cardboard box, and then the next day I got an audition, or the next day, you know, somebody just happened to discover me, or, or whatever their story is. And there's a million stories like that. But what people need to understand, this is biblical, that when you, when you idolize something, when you have an obsession for something, when you want something so much, the enemy will literally come to you at your lowest point, at your weakest point. And he will tempt you. He will tempt you with riches. He will tempt you with power and fame and fortune and everything that you ever wanted. And a lot of people need to understand, you know, people need to understand, a lot of these celebrities, instead of doing what Jesus did after the third temptation, they say, you know, what? all right, cool, you got a deal. Take me out of this state of homelessness. Take me out of... You know what I'm saying, There's this depression. Take me out of, you know what I'm saying, just living on the street, living in a cardboard box or this abusive relationship or this molestation, somebody touching me. Take me out of that. And, and you want to give me favor and fortune, what's the catch? Satan says nothing. Just give me your soul. And a lot of people don't understand that because the media doesn't talk about that. But the reality is the Bible talks about that. And the reality is and, and Jesus was at his lowest point. Remember? You guys know that, right? What, let me just ask you all a quick question. This last question about this, guy I have a lot of t- things to talk about with the movie. But really think about that. If you're starving and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and you've isolated yourself,
1: you know, and so that,
0: I mean, if you really think about what that would be like, and the devil himself approached Jesus, Tempted him at his lowest point Why on earth Do you think he wouldn't Approach Meek Mill or You know Tyler Perry Or Oprah, like whoever you want to throw up? Why are they what makes them different What makes Them exempt from Satan approaching them And tempting them These are just thoughts These are just things to consider but that's how that's how the industry works, and so I respect this young woman for taking it for first of all acknowledging and recognizing it and saying, "Hey, look, whoa, I see what's going on here." And, I'll, and really, honestly, and truly pray for her because the, the the fight isn't over. I don't know her, and I don't know anything about her career, but really watch her because if she's out there saying, I don't know how old this interview was, if she's saying, "I heard the temptation," if she's saying, "I felt," The, the obsession overtaking me and the enemy overtaking me to the point where I had to walk away from something I've wanted my entire life for the exact reason we're talking about here today you gotta pray for her you know what I mean because it's deep so let's let's talk more about the film though so we <clears throat> now this is this is something I just i don't I don't know if you want to call it being petty but I cannot. Not talk about what I've seen. All right, I cannot. You know what they say? said, I cannot tell a lie. You know mean? I cannot not talk about. I cannot not keep it real. This is real radio that matters right here. Um, I posted on Facebook that I said I love Black Panther so much that I'm not even going to talk about how they blatantly copied one of the best fight scenes in television history between the Green Arrow and Ra's al Ghul when he threw Oliver over the cliff and he miraculously survived in the snow after being stabbed in the chest. Now, granted, I know that a lot of African-Americans don't watch Arrow, which is, you know, that's cool, whatever. It's in the DC. It's not a Marvel show or a movie the way, uh, you know, Black Panther and Avengers and all. It's, it's a D.C.-based uh, television show uh, that's based around the character, the Green Arrow. Now, without giving you too much history on it, you know, the Green Arrow is, is basically was, is the same person that was trained by, I'll put it to you like this, Ra's al Ghul is who trained Batman. So if you know, like, in the comic book people, and I'm not even a big comic book guy, but from what I know, like, if you watch the Batman films, and Ra's al Ghul, is the uh, what you call it the um, Le- uh, League of Assassins? Uh, they, in that whole group, they trained Batman. They're the same people who trained Oliver Queen, who is the Green Arrow. And if you and I watched the show, let me just tell you all something. Let me just,
1: <clears throat>
0: the first season of Arrow is some of the best television I've ever seen in my life. It's one of the best shows on TV. Very slept on, and I'm cool with that. But it's absolutely great. Right, it's a great show. It's a classic show, especially the first season. Um, and, you know, the other seasons are cool. I think the season where I'm talking about with Raza al Ghul is, I believe, the third season. Now, follow me here. Raz al Ghul, Now, watch what we saw. First of all, let's look at Black Panther. Black Panther, T'Challa, they have a ritual in Wakanda where when the king is about to be crowned, other tribes, other people within the tribe can challenge for the throne, right? So the, uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, Killmonger, he said, look, I want to I wanna challenge you. He's like, this is my birthright. It's, you know, if you watch the film, you've figured out that he is, he is Wakandan. He's from their tribe. And so he has every right to challenge for the throne. So that's what he does. Now, fast forward over to Arrow. Arrow and and, and Razak Ghul was basically Arrow basically said, I want to challenge you, Razak Ghul, for the crown. I want to become the new leader of the League of Assassins. Long story short, that's what they do. He challenges him the same way Killmonger challenges uh, T'Challa. Now, I'm just watching it. I'm not a hater. I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to cause trouble. But I'm watching just like y'all watching it. But because I watch both things, I'm watching it like, okay, you're going to challenge him. That's cool, whatever. So the fighting, to challenge fighting Killmonger, and he loses the fight fair and square. You know what I mean? Killmonger gave him that work. He slices him up. he, He stabs him, slices his arm. Then he stabs him in the chest. He leaves him defenseless. He picks him up, and he throws him over the edge of the cliff. And everyone's probably watching, like, wow, Dad, that's crazy. Whoa, that was, that's really messed up. Now, I was looking at like, wow, that's really messed up. That's a cool scene. But it would be even cooler if I didn't just watch that a few years ago, like the same exact scene. So watch what happens. It's just everyone, oh, he's dead. Oh, no more T'Challa. He's dead. But what happens? It turns out that he, you know, he does, he's not dead, but it's snow, and the snow, is what's keeping him alive, and he's eventually found and brought back to life by the, by the other tribe of, of warriors. And they nurse him back to health, Then he eventually gains his health, and then he ends up with the throne and beating uh, Killmonger. That's like, whoa, what's going on? I just saw that a few years ago in the third season of Arrow. Arrow, Oliver Queen, was thrown, he was stabbed in the chest, and I posted the links. You can actually see it. He was sliced up. He was basically stabbed in the chest. And then what happened? He was thrown over a cliff into the snow, and then another tribe of warriors found him, brought him back to life, and then he gained his health back, and then he goes on to, reach, to, to defeat Raz al Ghul and become the new of, uh, leader of the League of Assassins. It's like literally the same exact thing. You know, what I, mean? now, I don't like. I said I'm just I'm just putting this out there. You guys can make your own decisions, but from my perspective, here that that scene was literally taken. That that whole storyline was literally taken straight from. And I'm not even gonna because the comic book busts they probably know better than me, but they may I you know I don't know if, how deep that storyline goes into the Black Panther comic book history. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if Marvel was around before DC. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But what I do know is somebody copied. You know what I mean? And from my perspective, it appears as if the writers and everybody blatantly copied off of uh, Arrow. You know, and, and what I will say about that is that is not uncommon. Um, what's another example I'm, I'm thinking of? A lot of movies and a lot of shows, every movie that wants to be a classic, they will go to, in many cases, other classics to gay inspiration. Do you know how many shows and storylines have taken from the best show of all time, which is Keeper Sutherland starring in 24? Do you have any idea how many current shows like Scandal, And, and like, you know, tons of stuff. All these, like, action shows, political dramas have taken from 24. Um, People take from The Godfather. People take from The Sopranos, all these, you know, mob movies, things like that. They take and they take and they take,
1: which is, you know, it
0: is what it is, but we should at least acknowledge the originator. Like I told you, Arrow is a great show. Make no mistake about it. If we're talking about fighting, if we're talking about superheroes, uh, su- superheroes, I mean, anybody who knows comics will tell you Arrow is as cool as it gets. You know what I mean? So, because like I said, I thought it, nobody else is going to tell you. You know, you hear everybody talking about Black Panther, you, but you will never hear anybody talking about that scene from Arrow blatantly being right in the smack dab in the middle of Black Panther. So, so so in addition, like I said, the film was good, don't get me wrong. the film was great, um very great visually, the storyline um I mean, the storyline was cool um i I've seen a lot more in depth storyline and just as a writer, I may be a little bit more analytical than most just because I am a writer um I do tell stories for a living um but, you know, it was cool. For a comic book movie, it was a cool storyline. I like how they tied it together, like his, his, uh, how they went back to his childhood, Killmonger's childhood, and tied that into uh, everything that we saw going forward and, and kind of showed, you know, where his motivation to take what was rightfully his came from. Things that I found interesting, though, you know, going back to us, is that we as a, a, a community – you know, there's a lot of lack of parenting out here. I mean, we got people checking uh, Fandango for movie tickets, you know, getting the plans together, getting the tickets, getting the outfits, you know, doing these elaborate, you know, costumes and entrances into the theater. I even saw a video of somebody being carried in on on, on shoulders in full garb, African garb, you know, and that was cool. But the reality is if, if everybody's so excited, about this movie. If if everybody is so passionate about our history, why why can most of these young black kids not read? I'm just going to wait, right? I'm just going to pause for a second. Let's let that marinate. If think about. It. I mean, if we are so excited and so, and people me I hear people saying like, you know, this movie takes me back to my roots and just. Makes me want to be great, and when it inspired me, you know how how come we, as collectively, have such low test scores? How come collectively these schools, the school systems, being relied so heavily upon to educate our children? That, 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 let me just repeat that. why are the school systems being relied on so heavily to educate our children? It's fine to send your kids where you want to send your kids, but and I talk about, I talk about this often, but at the end of the day, it is your responsibility as a parent to educate your child. It is your responsibility ultimately. To ensure that your child reads at the highest level, to ensure that your child knows these white folks ain't gonna teach you about our history. They may tell you about a couple of black leaders in February, but outside of that, they ain't checking for for us. You know, my daughter. I'm actually uh, taking on this project with her, and um, the project is to pick um, a. a, a, a a great black leader, whether it's in politics, entertainment, sports, you know, a pioneer in the African American community, um, and write a basically write a report on them. And so right now, I'm, I'm you know I'm kind of taking that on. You know, it's gonna be my project with her. And um, I got some time. I think it's due in March. So, but I I can't wait to do that. I, mean, I that's what, but then again, that's what we do anyway. You see what I'm saying? Like that's what we that's what I do personally every day just telling her every single morning while doing the drop off just different you know what I mean, this is who this was. Who who is Nat Turner? Oh, you know, Aubrey, who was, you know, uh Martin Luther King, who was Harriet Tubman, like, you know what I'm saying? Just making sure she knows. Because I can't rely on the schools to be like, you know, this is important. It's not important to them. It's important to us. It has to be important to us. So my thing is, yes, don't just use Black Panther as a source of entertainment. But use that as a source of motivation to educate yourselves, to motivate yourselves to learn about your history. Not, not excuse me, not your Wakandan history, not the history of T'Challa, but your actual history, our actual history. I watched an uh, interview with Ch- uh, Chadwick Boseman on the Breakfast Club, and he was saying he went on to uh, AfricanAncestry.com. dot com just so he could learn about his real history, like what tribe he actually came from, not just the area where he came from, but the actual tribe and where his real lineage, you know, originates. And, you know, I feel like that's something we all should maybe look at, you know. Frederick Douglass, you know, Paul Robeson, Nat Turner, Malcolm X, Tuskegee Airmen, Marcus Garvey, and Kimasi, you know, who I'm named, I'm named after Marcus Garvey and Daidon Kimasi, two great civil rights freedom fighters. You know, and I feel like we have to as a as a uh as a people really be passionate about who we are and where we come from. You know, because if we don't do it, it's gonna get done. You know, one of the things that they were saying online is that you know they they're, they're criticizing black panther the lgbtqxyzw like they're saying all this stuff you know about how it didn't have enough black uh excuse me enough uh it had all the blackness but it did not have enough uh homosexual scene they they said it missed uh a great opportunity to to showcase and, and to honor the L G B Q T Y X Z like all this it's, it's foolishness you know I don't respect none of that stuff you know transgender none of this stuff is biblical everyone's running around here acting like oh you gotta be so politically correct for what you don't have to why sacrifice being spiritually correct for being politically correct you don't have to God doesn't have to. He, you know what I mean? So why do you? But they said they, that the film, I mean, like, to criticize a film for, for like, if you ha- if I make a movie, I can make the movie however I want to make the movie. I don't have to include homosexuality. And what a lot of people need to understand is that homosexuality, all that gay stuff, While there's a, a huge media push, uh, you know, towards this stuff here in the United States. But... And other countries, especially in Africa, you know, different countries in Africa, they don't even, that's not even a thing over there. You are, a lot of times, you are ostracized. You are, and even worse, you know, for that homosexuality stuff, transgender stuff. That is not stuff that uh, is accepted over there, certainly not the way it is here. And so to expect a, a director... And a film to showcase homosexuality in a in a country and on a continent that largely doesn't even you know respect that lifestyle would be ridiculous. Makes no sense. So there, that was a, one issue that I had not with the film, but just and I now I, let me say I respect the director and everyone associated with the film for not caving into pressure to put in that stuff. They're saying maybe one of the I think the two, uh, the warriors, the bald headed chicks, maybe they were. It could have had some type of. They could have been lesbians or, or something like that. Like, come on, man, for what? You know, we don't. We don't have to do that. Um, Killmonger. This is an issue that I. Well, it's it's interesting because I heard a lot of people saying that more more people saying they could identify with Killmonger then could identify with T'Challa, which I found to be interesting. I said, really, why? what what do you mean by that? You could identify more with him? I said, how's that? Well, because, you know, he was uh, basically abandoned as a child and left to fend for himself, and he he was out here in the world, you know, with the white man, and he challenged the structure of the, you know, of, of the system, and he wanted to overtake the system, overthrow the system and take back what was rightfully his, and he wanted to revolt not just against his own people, but he wanted to basically take over the world using the advanced technology and weapons that his hometown produced. I said, okay. I said, but this guy was a, a sociopath. You know, he he was a killer. He was, a, a you know, a psycho. I said, well, you, well, you know, forget about it. Yeah, he was, yeah, you know. But aside from he was a thief, yeah. But aside from that, you know, he he was he was woke.
1: <laughs>
0: I said what? I said All right, you I talk to you another time. You have a nice day. I can't talk to people like that. I said you, you somebody is woke, you know. If if they're a thief, if they're a killer, they want to blame the system for everything. Now, don't get me wrong. I I saw a lot of what they were seeing. You know what I mean? Like, I understand what it's like to be a black man in America, to to be oppressed by the system, how to, or I should say, to have to fight oppression uh, in this country. I get that. I've experienced that. I've been in white institutions my whole life, white school, elementary schools, high schools, colleges, corporate America, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I probably more than most have spent my whole life around the uh, predominantly white, people, and institutions, so I get it, absolutely, but it's all about how you deal with that. See, see, the problem with it is is that's why I don't identify with Killmonger, you know, as a Christian, as a Christian man, I identify with people more like Christ. I try to at least, you know, I'm not a killer. Christ, the Bible doesn't encourage us to be killers. The Bible doesn't encourage us to try to overthrow the government. The Bible doesn't encourage us. Jesus Christ didn't teach us to to react negatively in the face of adversity. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to overthrow your leaders, okay? Nowhere does it say that you should become a menace to society based on how you were brought up. That's not... You know what I mean? So the people, I want you all to be clear, because I'm sure I'm not the only person that ran into people who were talking like this, saying they could identify more with Killmonger. Well, ask them. We'll say, okay, cool, that's how you feel, but where in the Bible? First of all, are you a Christian? And if so, is that what Jesus taught, Bible says? And if so, where? Let me know. So no, I didn't identify with, with Killmonger, using, uh, who was a criminal. Be clear about that. He was the villain in the movie. Somebody said, Well no, there's not really a villain in the movie. No no no. There is a villain in the movie. There's a villain in every movie. Every action movie there's a villain. The people say, Well, no, he's not really a villain. How is he not really a villain? He is absolutely the villain. You know <laughs> what I mean? You don't kill people, you don't you don't you're not the main person posing a threat to the hero. There's always an antagonist and a protagonist in films. You know what I mean? He's definitely the villain. You know, you cannot use excuses to kill and be bad. You know, be a criminal. You know, if you guys saw at the end of the film, but at the at the the last fight scene, he had to the check the ball head, the warrior chick, and and, and she was like. Wakanda forever, right before he slits her throat. Now, I didn't see any blood you know, spread out, but that's a whole other story. But he sliced her throat open. Go watch Spartacus and see somebody's throat get slit. You, you know what I mean? You'll, you'll see some blood. I didn't see any blood, but you know what I mean? Maybe we define metals made of vibranium. Who knows? But you don't do though You don't just kill innocent women. You know, especially in a situation of where you're fighting your own, your own people. You know, like, it's like, here's my thing. I would have been cool with, okay, fine, you, you know, you did what you did. You grew up how you grew up. You made some mistakes, whatever, and you came home. You recognized the error of your ways and you said, you know what, I'm home. I feel like something was taken from me and I want a challenge for the throne. I'm cool with that. I would have been perfectly fine with that. I would have even maybe felt sorry for him. I would have maybe even rooted for him to overtake the throne that really could have been rightfully his. Then when they introduced this whole menace to society thing, well, now I've got this chip on my shoulder. And I just not only do I want to kill you, but I want to basically go out and, and basically do the same thing to Alexander the Great and... All these other people have, to, I basically want to take over the whole world, killing, you know, killing everybody basically, enslaving the people. You know, I want them to feel my wrath because I'm so angry. That is not positive, guys. I want people to be, because everyone is using that, they're saying, like, wow, that message. What message? A message that it's okay as long as you have had a bad past a troubled past to, to use that past as motivation to commit further crimes and to be negative. Kinda of, that's not a positive message. People say, Oh yeah I want to take my kids. I'm gonna teach them the message of the film. I I may or may not take my kids, I haven't decided yet, but I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna not going to encourage them to be like Killmonger. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's laughable. That's not a positive message. Listen to what I'm saying to you guys. There was nothing positive about the character of Killmonger, nothing at all, okay? If anything, it furthered the whole black versus white narrative that the mainstream media has been shoving down our throats ever since Trayvon Martin. That's really all it did, but there was there's, there's nothing positive about that, you know, and there's nothing positive about this. That's how I would have liked the movie to go. Like I said, you you know, I like the fact that at the end, because here's the thing real quick. If people were rooting for Killmonger, what they need to understand is if he would have won, if people would have got their wish and wanted Killmonger to beat T'Challa, he would have been, people need to understand, he would have been become king or actually remain king, and he would have gone on, ironically, to enslave, All of us, right? Not just because if you understand me, we live in America. If you really want to break it down, we live in America, right? We live in America. America historically has been the main country that has been, you know, raping, pillaging, you know, the African countries and other Middle Eastern countries and things like that. So what he wanted to do was get revenge on the main, the, basically the leaders of the free world that he felt he had been wronged by. But the problem with that is, is that if you attack leaders and you want revenge on a country, the way a lot of these Middle Eastern, like the, the quote unquote terrorists, ISIS, Al Qaeda, and all that stuff, well, you got to understand if you want revenge on a country,
1: well, We live
0: here, though. We're citizens of that country. So if you want to harm the the, quote-unquote country, that's going to fall back on the citizens of that country, meaning me and you. So if you really think that's what he wanted to do in the film, be clear about that. He wanted to attack America. (laughs) Y'all know that, right? And people are cheering for this dude. Like – Really think about it. If you don't. If you didn't see, it, watch the film. If you saw it, and you didn't look at it from that perspective, really go back and watch his character from the very beginning. All he wants to do is get revenge on the masses, the the other countries that he feels betrayed by. But it's really the leader of all those countries is the United States. So. I mean, just, you know, that's not, to me, being a terrorist, being an international terrorist is not, you know, that's not biblical, that's not positive, that's not a positive message, regardless of how you were brought up. That's like me being like, oh, man, I was in the foster system, you know, foster care system, and, you know, uh, I had to turn to sell drugs to survive and feed myself, and I, I had to do this and I had to do that. And so now I want revenge, so I'm going to go on a shooting spree, and I'm going to shoot up, you know, the, the downtown, you know, where they, you know, are responsible for placing kids in the foster care. I'm going to get revenge. Like, that's not positive. So think about that and stuff, guys. I'm gonna getting ready to wrap it up. Like I said, the the the, the, the movie like I said, it was it was cool. It was okay. Like it wasn't at all, you know, like a movie I thought, oh my god, I got to go see that again. That's my favorite movie of all time. Um, I mean, like I said though, it was cool. It wasn't a negative movie. I've seen much worse movies, and there was a lot of positive things in the film. You know what I'm saying? But I do want people as anything I do, I want people to look beneath the surface. I want people to look at what the the mainstream media is not talking about. I could get up here and talk about everything that everybody else is talking about, but y'all wouldn't be listening. Y'all know that. That's not what I do. I talk about things from a different perspective, from a real perspective. You know, and nothing I've said really is incorrect from a biblical standpoint. Show me in the Bible where Killmonger is positive. You know what I mean? Show me where we should, from a Christian standpoint, support that type of behavior. Towards the end of the film, he said, You know, he was like, Well, he's like, Come on, man, we can, I can save you. He was stabbed in the chest. He said, Come on, we can save you. He's like, Nah, for what? You know, so you can, so you can, watch well, this, so you can imprison me and enslave me and I can live my life in a cage. He's like, Nah, man, take me to the river, take me to the ocean, bury me in the ocean. You know what I'm saying? What do you say? Everybody's talking I he said, Well, you know, I, I'd rather be dead. Than enslaved, you know what I'm saying? There's some crap like like my like my ancestors. And what? Hey, watch this, this. is gonna blow your minds. I, this is the issue. Watch this. This is the difference. Killmonger was a criminal, right? He said that he would have died. that He would have rather died, but the reality than be a slave. He wouldn't have been a slave. He would have been imprisoned. What people don't seem to understand, there's a difference between being a slave and being a prisoner. See, our ancestors, for him to compare the ancestors to him is is false because the ancestors were not criminals. They were taken against their will. They had no choice. He had a choice to be a criminal or or to just come back home and do right. If you want to challenge for the throne, that's cool. But the problem wasn't him challenging for the throne. The problem is he won the throne fair and square. He won that throne. He beat the child of fair and square with no problem. That wasn't the issue. Issues with what he wanted to do with the technology, the vibranium, he wanted to go on a killing spree. So, because of that, yes, that's why he would have been imprisoned. To compare, listen to what I'm saying to you guys to compare Killmonger to the sacrifices of our ancestors, is an abomination. There is no comparison to being a killer, a sociopath, and being a slave. But the problem with it is the media and Marvel and this whole system, because they want to continue to push this narrative, they want to make a connection when there was no connection. He was a common criminal on and shoulder. Who to, who committed crimes, and wanted to continue committing crimes, and so to avoid being imprisoned, he would rather die. He killed himself. He thrusted the, the blade further into himself to avoid being a prisoner, not a slave, but a prisoner based on his crimes. Our slave, our our the, our, the slave ancestors, they had committed no crimes. They were taken from their homes, families were split up, kids were killed, mothers were raped, fathers were, were, were beaten. There were no crimes. So how are we comparing Killmonger to our ancestors, to Harriet Tubman, to Paul Robeson, and to Frederick Douglass? How are we comparing good with evil? It makes no sense. And these are, just, these are just rhetorical questions, but to think about. Really ask yourself these questions when you watch the film again or when others watch the film and everyone is uplifting and the media is uplifting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back Killmonger, you know, and, and do a prequel or something just to, uh, just to put, continue to push the narrative. I would not be surprised if that happens. You know, that character was too popular for him to just die and for us to never see him again. Do not be surprised if we see him come back in some type of flashback, dream sequence, prequel, something. You know what I mean? But, you know, it is what it is, guys. I, I appreciate you for listening in. I will be back next Thursday and every Thursday at 12 o'clock. Share the video. Share the live uh, Facebook live stream. Uh, follow me on Facebook at dadon Tolbert. Subscribe to me on YouTube.com slash Instagram, follow me. And um, that's it, guys. I will see you all next time.
2: Let the be your motivation Shall the date don't rock your world Let mm-hmm. be your motivation Shall the until.